0: All right, here we go. It's time for the next episode of The Techie and the Cowboy. My name is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie.
1: And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The
0: Cowboy. And so today we're going to talk about, you know, this is kind of going to take a couple different paths. The life of an entrepreneur slash the life of you just going through challenges. But we're going to tie it into the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors. So we're going to call this one Joseph's coat. Why so many colors? I like that. (laughs)
1: so joseph was a guy that had a lot of challenges
0: from a very early age from from very starting it started with that coat of many colors that his dad gave him and having some envious brothers And you know that in the bible stories that they tell us at kids they kind of soften the blow of how joseph got his revenge at the end with his brothers Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and how it is that It aligns with your life as an entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur, or just your life in general, going through challenge. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and kick our intro real quick.
1: And now, a few minutes with two of my friends, who will soon be yours, the Techie and the Cowboy.
0: All right, so we're back, and now we're talking about Joseph and the Code of Many Colors and how it aligns with... Our life as an entrepreneur and also how it is that it aligns with just life challenges in general. right? Both TW and I are, are both entrepreneurs in our own right, and even this podcast is a little bit of an entrepreneurial uh, adventure that we're doing as well, right? TW.
1: Yes, very much so. <laughs> but part of uh, so, it, part of it, labor of love. Part of it, entrepreneurship.
0: <laughs> but just to give you a point of reference, because it's always a good idea to go back and read the story. I think it's an awesome story. Genesis thirty-seven three is where it is that it comes from. And it, and the story. This is kind of the Cliff Notes version, but you know, Jacob was Joseph's father. And uh, he had 11 different sons and another son was born to him by his wife, Rachel, uh, who Jacob really loved. But soon after it is that the baby came, Rachel died and Jacob was filled with sorrow. So Joseph, because he was so much younger than all of his other brothers and because it is that he was a reminder of Rachel, kind of was favored by Jacob right so in and part of this favor Jacob gave Joseph a robe or a coat of bright colors which is somewhat like a long cloak with sleeves and this was to kind of show his favor for him so this already created some static with the older brothers and the older brothers they were not necessarily the good kids on the block they often did really wrong things and and Joseph on the other hand would, uh, was kind of the goody two-shoes. He did all the stuff, good, faithful, and thoughtful is what it is that it says in the scripture that he was. And he would always tell on his brothers, which also made them very angry. So <laughs> you got this favorable kid inside of the family, right? He's doing what's right. And then he's also telling on the people who's doing what's wrong. Does this sound familiar as a, as a person inside of life? Maybe it is even if you're on a job, you feel like you're doing the right thing and you're doing what's supposed to be done. And you got some people that aren't doing it. And then if something happens where you end up having to tell, then you become the the one that they take target at. You experienced this before, TW?
1: Yes, it's very apparent that in a work organization where you're working for a big company or you have your own business and you're dealing with suppliers and customers and the, and the people that you know, it's quite obvious that there are people who go out of their way to take pot shots at whoever the leader is, the most favored person or whatever, because they are not there But it really does them no good because they really can't ratchet themselves up if they
0: can't produce. And so the temptation is to be able to either go along with it so you can be part of the status quo and be a part of the cool kids, or you end up having to be put in a situation where you might have to... Uh, give some of these people up right which is not going to make you the most popular kid on the block
1: well think about all the stories that we've ever heard about kings particularly in in europe that somebody was always conniving to overthrow them and quite often it was their own family their sons to turn up so being number one is no guarantee of being long-term success you just got to keep watching out for whatever that is the king by his designation would be easy to see In this case, Joseph, because he had the coat, he was the baby of the family, and it was obvious because of this gift and it being so showy that he was favored by his father, which made him the big target. On the back of that coat of many colors, there probably was, you know, some concentric rings, you know. (laughs) A
0: target on the back of the coat.
1: (laughs) Yes, and a a kick me sign. on it.
0: So the the kicker, the thing that kind of tipped the the whole scale, uh, not in Joseph's favor for the brothers, is that, Joseph then had this vision in this dream. And in this vision in these, actually, it was two strange dreams. And He told his, his brothers and his father about it. And being as naive as he is being the baby and being young, you probably thought he was doing this innocently and just excited about the dream that he had. So the first dream is said that he dreamed that they were out in the field binding sheaves. And then suddenly my sheaf stood up and all your sheaves came around and bowed down to him. Right. And the brothers got mad. They're like, does this mean that somehow you're going to rule over us and that we're going to have to bow down to you? And Joseph kind of, you know, blowing it off. I was like, okay, it was just a dream. But then he had a second dream. (laughs) And he goes back and he tells him about the second dream. He said, this time he saw the sun, the moon, and even the stars all come and bow down to him. And even his father got frustrated this time and said, hey, I don't like these kind of dreams. You know, does that mean that both I and your mother and your brothers are going to come bow down to you as if you were a king? And so this kind of started the whole friction between himself and the brothers. So I, I kind of align this with, a, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you have a vision for your success. You can picture it, you can feel it, You everything in your bones said that you're gonna be successful. Even if it is that you don't know how it's gonna happen, you have this vision for what it is that you wanna be able to accomplish, whether it's a business or an idea, or whether it's just something in your bones that said that you're gonna be successful. And you want to share this with people because you're so excited about it, but there's dream stealers out there that because they don't have the vision and because they can't picture themselves being a part of your vision, will try and steal your dream from you or they'll try and crush your dream or they'll try and turn your dream to make it sound like it is that you are going to be more successful than them or that you have something that they don't. So you have to be real careful with who it is that you share your dreams and your goals with because you don't want those dream snatchers to be able to to snatch it.
1: Yeah, so and a part of that is you have to be careful to whom you share this stuff and how you share it. Obviously, because of his age and inexperience, he gushed all this stuff out thinking, this is really great. Don't you guys think this is great? He had no means, maturity, of filtering it through the process of, wow, I could alienate some people if I do and say this because they're going to take it the wrong way. I can tell you in in one of my businesses, as you know, I'm an author. And when I write material, I will write it in a certain way with a certain vision in mind, come to a certain end. And there are people who have read that and they tell me feedback. And I'm going, what story have you been reading? Cause that wasn't my story. Where did this come from? I had a lady one time tell me about my, what my intention was when I wrote it. And at first I said well, to myself, that's pretty presumptuous because <laughs> you would think that I know why I wrote it, but no, I was wrong and she was right. So not everybody understands things and dreams in particular are very hard. They're very personal. And yeah. so some information, you just keep to yourself and keep on trucking.
0: Yeah. And then whenever it comes to fruition, people understand, what it is that you had in, in your vision, you know, or once it is that you get closer to your dream, they'll be able to see what it is that you maybe have uh, had on your mind the whole entire time. So here's Joseph, you know, he has these dreams. He has these visions. The brothers are sent off to be able to go uh, herd the flock or to be able to tend to the flocks. The father trusted Joseph so much that even with him being a young boy, he sends them on this long trek to be able to give them a message, uh, which was a big deal for him to be able to just make this trek by themselves because not a lot of people did this. But they see him coming from far because of the coat of many colors. And this is whenever they plot that they're going to kill him. They hate him so much and they hate who it is that he stands for. And the coat, he's seeing him from afar with the coat, just I guess was just another reminder of what he was and what they were. not And the fact, I'm sure that he made this trip by himself and that dad trusted him to make this trip by himself was even more of a, a thorn in the side. So they plotted together to be able to kill him.
1: Which is kind of interesting, considering the customs of the time, the firstborn son usually was in a favored position financially to take over the estate of the family, and the other guys were just kind of left hanging in the wind, and Joseph was was number 11, so he was a long way down the food chain.
0: Yeah, and not only that, well, I think it had a lot to do with the the wife that was, was passed. I think the father kind of projected his love for the wife on Joseph. And that had a lot to be able to do with it. Now, here's the thing. One of his brothers, Reuben, was actually, you know, a little bit nicer when it came to Joseph. So, uh, you know, he was trying to convince them not to be able to do it and not to be able to kill them. So they decided that they were just going to throw him in a pit instead. Let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in a pit. And Reuben's plan was to be able to, after the brothers left, to come help Joseph out. And uh, let him go on his on his merry way, right? So, Reuben just distracted the group from doing something a lesser crime <laughs> than killing uh, Joseph. And the the plan was to be able to to be able to get him to go away. But the, the brothers all got Reuben to be able to leave. I think he went in to go get some food or whatever else. They said once Reuben is gone, they said, you know what? Why let him die inside of a pit when we can make some money? So, whenever a slave trader came by, they decided, hey, let's make some money off this whole ordeal, and let's go ahead and sell him to the slave trader and that's what they ended up doing and they decided they were going to make up this lie to tell the the father that you know the wolves had gotten him and they even took a piece of his coat and uh soaked it in blood to make it seem like it is that uh, you know he was attacked by a wild animal and that uh something happened to him that did
1: uh that's very akin to a, a situation that i had where i worked for a guy who was kind of like that he was he was a young superstar and he threatened many of the people that were at his level a little above because they knew that if he stayed there one day he would be their boss. So one of them actually construed to inform a head hunter that he was the perfect candidate for a job at another company and he eventually did take that job. So they got rid of him effectively. The same thing as selling them to the guy with the camels. So he was gone.
0: Absolutely. Or you can align this to people selling you out to be able to get their dreams. You know, Mm -hmm. they can either have some information to be able to, to, whether false or true, to be able to destroy your business, but they can also sell you out or sell out the information or maybe give you some proprietary stuff that you have away so they make sure that you're not successful. Right. So there are people who are willing to sell you out for their benefit whenever it comes to it. And you have to be able to tough through it, which is what Joseph did. So Joseph gets sold to these slave traders or actually they were just merchants and they decided for 20 pieces of silver, <laughs> they were going to go ahead and, and sell their brother. Right. And uh, and so. They took the coat back to the the fathers and here comes next part of Joseph's story. So after Joseph's brothers sell him to these merchants, he ends up being underneath the guy who it is that takes to him because he's such a kind, again, he's a good boy. So he's a kind kid, a good boy. And he's actually a beautiful, cheerful and willing in his spirit. So he's still cheerful. Even in his situation, he's cheerful and willing in his spirit and his master actually became very friend to him and made him number two in his house he actually placed him in charge of his house and everything in it It comes over all of his affairs and even over his fellow servants but the master's wife who was at first very friendly to joseph became his enemy because joseph would not do wrong in order to be able to please her she wanted him to commit adultery with her and he said no so, so here he is trying to do the right thing again. He's worked his way up to number two. He's over the house and he's over all of the affairs. The wife decides that she wants a piece of Joseph. Joseph says no and tries to do the right thing by it. And she decides because she's so embarrassed that she's going to flip it and make it sound like Joseph attacks her and ends up being, being put in jail. So again, he finds himself from the top to the bottom of a situation. So it just shows the ups and downs that you go through as entrepreneurs. I mean, now you've had a little bit of success. You feel like you're on top and something happens that sets you back.
1: When I was, uh, I guess, when I turned 40, when this episode happened, I was working for a a company here in Atlanta and there was some reorganization going on. We reported to an outfit in New York. They had some subsidiaries across the country in California. And the next thing I know, I was basically told, you can either go look for a job or you can go to California, so reluctantly I thought, well, if I go to California and spend some time out there, I can find the job that I want, either in California back here, whatever. But I remember on the way to the airport when I had packed up and I was flying out there to to uh, start working, I thought, man, I am just been put in exile. This is terrible. I've been in Texas in the South all my life, and now I'm going to one of the biggest urban unfriendly crazy people out there plus you got hollywood you know all this stuff and i just i just went out there with just such dread and such dread and such dread well it turned out after a almost a year that i flourished in the job i met some interesting people one of whom convinced me that you know what you should do you know, given that you're athletic and this kind of stuff you know we just bought this company and part of the the assets of the company was a condo uh up uh near the ski resort let's go up there and spend a weekend skiing i said i don't know how to ski he said well it doesn't take very long anyway and so that started my at middle age on up my life of skiing which i thoroughly enjoyed and i met a lot of fabulous people doing that if i hadn't gone to california i would have never learned to ski (laughs)
0: <laughs> to give you even more of a parallel i mean with uh, joseph so here he is in prison and he still has a cheerful demeanor so this is the common thread that you see him this whole story no matter what situation he's in he's always cheerful and happy and wants other people to do so as well so in prison with him is the chief butler and the chief baker who were sent there because the king was mad at him, basically, right? So the king of Egypt was mad at him, puts him in jail. This is common among that time. And these two men were actually under Joseph's care. So he waited for them and because they were men of rank. So even in prison, he's having to wait on people who it is that are in jail alongside with him. And one day, the, the chief uh, baker was really, really sad. And Joseph's cheery. He's like, I want you to be happy, so what's wrong with you? And they tell them each one of them said they had a dream right? And they talked about the strange gene, and they didn't know what it means. And basically, Joseph interprets the dream. And he says, the dream means that you're going to be able to get out of here, out of prison, go back and work for Pharaoh, and you're going to be back at his table again. But he said, the only thing I asked for interpreting these dreams is that once it is that you get out, you don't forget about me. Like, remember the guy who it is that told you you're going to be able to get there? And sure enough, it happens just like it is that Joseph says, they get out, and they go back and they start working for Pharaoh. But of course, They forget about him. He's still in jail. He's waiting and nothing happens. The the connection that he thought he had made, the hookup that he thought he had is all of a sudden a dud because they completely 100% forget about him. So this happens in business and entrepreneurship as well. You know, you find this door that you think is an open door and you see it and you have all these connections. Maybe it is that you even fashion your business around this opportunity. And all of a sudden that door slams shut in your face. And it's really tempting at that point just to be able to call it quits and say that maybe this is not for me, which Joseph could have done. I mean, now he's in prison. He helped these guys out. They made it back to the top. He could just say, I'm going to die here for the rest of my life and, and lose his cheery demeanor. But he does not do that.
1: Well, the correlation to that is a situation where somebody has done like Joseph did. He helped somebody out. They effectively owed him a favor. He's waiting for it to happen. Nothing happens. Then, all of a sudden, boom, the guy shows up, said, "Hey, you did t- interpret the dream. We need some dreams interpreted. You're the man, blah, blah blah." To which Joseph could have easily said, "Oh." you need me now, you know, where were you for the last 18 months while I was stuck in jail, and you were eating, you know, off of Pharaoh's table. And, and that's quite common, you see in things where all of a sudden, a person from your past that you did some favors for comes because they need you, not because they're doing it out, out of friendship, love, anything, but it's in their best interest to help you, and you get helped in the process. So how do you weigh that? Should I go ahead and do this? Yes, I'm going to be helped. I'm being helped for the wrong reason, maybe. Should I go ahead and do it? Not, basically, that's out of your hands. At some point, you could say, God made the situation that left them with the inevitable decision, I got to go get this guy to help me out because I know he's
0: capable of doing it. And that's, that shows you a little bit about Joseph's character. Still Tyrion demeanor in all of these different situations. And what T.W. Ha- said exactly happened. Pharaoh had these dreams. He had all of his wise people that couldn't interpret the dreams. All of a sudden, the chief baker's like, ah, you know what? If, I give, if I'm the guy who finds the guy, then that'll make me <laughs> look better in the Pharaoh's eyes. So he said, I know a guy, but he's in prison. Can I go get him? He goes against Joseph. Like you said, Joseph could have said, absolutely not. But... You know, he brings him out. Joseph interprets the dream. Joseph tells him, basically, he's like, look, you need to be able, during the seven years of abundance, you need to be able to stock your pantries and prepare for the seven years of famine. Pharaoh says, since God gave you this vision, I'm going to put you in charge of all of it, right? So you go from being in prison, you know, wait for a guy to be able to give you a hookup. The guy needs you, brings you out, you interpret the dream, and Pharaoh says, you did such a good job, I'm going to put you in charge of everything, right? And so now Joseph not only gets them through the years of abundance, just like it is that he, he prophesies, but he also has enough and has enough foresight to be able to get them through the seven years of famine. And this is where the story starts to come full circle.
1: Yes, but most importantly, all the trials and tribulations he'd had up until that point prepared Joseph for the opportunity that was laid at his feet.
0: And if he had said no at any different point, if he hadn't gone through all the challenges that he had went through, there's no way it would have lined up for him to be number two to Pharaoh over everything, right? If he had said, you know, if he hadn't been thrown in the pit, if he had escaped the pit, if it is that he hadn't been sure as a slave and moved up in that ranks, he wouldn't have been thrown in jail. If he hadn't been a, a servant in jail to these guys and interpreted their dream and they went back and they forgot about him. That wouldn't have happened. And if he hadn't said yes when they came back and said, I need you now and interpreted these dreams anyways, any of those little dominoes inside of the chain had been taken out, it wouldn't have worked. So as an entrepreneur, you're going to go through all of these different challenges and uh, all these different things that are going to happen to you, but all of them are necessary for you to be able to get to your end goal. That's kind of how I line that up. So to wrap the story up, he's number two. During this time of famine, his brothers, of course, run out of food and his dad, and they come, and they don't even recognize him because now he's grown up. You know, it's been several years now, and not only that, he's in this position of authority. He decides to give them a little bit of a test before it is that he tells them who it is that he he's at. And he makes them jump through a few little hoops before it is that he tells them that he's, uh, you know, Joseph, the guy that she threw into the pit. So he does some tests with them and finds out that they're really sorry for what it is that they have done. And at the end of the day, he ends up not only telling them who he is, embracing them, but also allowing them to share on all the riches and his family never went without. As an entrepreneur, whenever you finally reach your vision or finally reach your goal, there's gonna be those same people who it is that maybe slighted you, or doubted you or were those dream stealers that all of a sudden come back and need your help and you have to make a decision on whether it is that you're going to turn your back towards them and say hey you you did me wrong so I'm going to do you wrong or if it is that you're going to be able to show forgiveness and be able to uh, allow them to to be a part of what it is that you're going to
1: I was thinking about that. I was going to look like, mm, I'm not sure I could have pulled off what Joseph did. There's some people, you know, I'd like to settle the score a little bit more before
0: I let them off. the hook. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that he actually did, you know, make him jump through a few hoops. So he got his little, his digs in there too. But at the end of the day, he said, you know, God has provided me with all of this, which shows again, That says a lot to his character. God provided me with all of this, so who am I to be able to hold this back from my family? It may take a while for you to get there, and some people may never get there. But at some point, you have to get to the point where it is that you have to forgive those who slighted you. It's kind of a return of the blessing that God has bestowed upon you.
1: Yes, but there's there's that uh, Ronald Reagan's thing about trust but verify. I would say that he kept an eye on his brothers much differently. At that point, than he did before. Just like when you've been slighted by somebody in business, you having to do business with them again, you look at them just a little bit more critically. Yeah, you, you still do the business, but you still, yeah, you know, guarantee.
0: You, you know what I mean? And definitely. You can forgive,
1: but not forget.
0: <laughs> forgive, but not forget. But the key thing is that he forgave uh, them for what it is that they did, and he was uh, he gave them everything it is that they needed after that point. And I think that that it really is sums up when I heard this, I was like, that's the journey of the entrepreneur. You have a dream, you have a vision, you have dream stealers, you have people who it is that are supposed to do stuff for you or that do stuff to take the dream away. But at the end of the day, whenever you get to your final place of what God has been able to show for you, first lesson is don't ever quit. Don't ever, ever quit because you never know when you're right around the corner from your breakthrough that God has prepared for you. But once it is that you get there, don't forget about others, even those that have slighted you once it is that you get there. And I think that's kind of the moral and how the story is played out. Love to hear your comments, you know, on our Facebook page, on our Twitter. uh, We love to hear your comments on this. But more importantly, share this with somebody who it is that might be able to hear it. Maybe you have know somebody who's an entrepreneur that's kind of going through the struggle. Maybe they're Joseph at one part in the story and they really need to be able to hear that there's hope and there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I study entrepreneurs, if you look at anybody who's successful, they all had to go through something in their life before it is that they reach success. A lot of times they thought they weren't gonna be able to to get out of it before it is that they hit the point where they were successful. So that gives me hope as an entrepreneur and hope it does for you too. TW, does that give you a little bit of hope?
1: Yes, particularly with the new venture that I'm starting up now, I'm impressed, not with myself, but by the fact that all the little trials and tribulations I've been through in my business life have essentially prepared me and given me the skill set necessary to actually take on this project.
0: And same thing with me as a health and wellness coach, I think everything in life has has allowed me to be able to come to this point where it is that even up to this point where we're doing this podcast, be able to use the skills uh, that God has, has honed in me over my whole entire life to be able to do stuff like this and possibly impact somebody who it is that, that might need it. So share this. Share this with somebody who it is as an entrepreneur. Share it with somebody who might need it. I think that's the end of our lesson for today. So this is Alster Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie. And this
1: is T.W. Lawrence,
0: a.k.a. The Cowboy. Share, subscribe, and we're going to kick that country outro.
1: That's it for this episode. Join us again next time for The Techie and The Cowboy. Hit us up on our website, thetechieandthecowboy.com. Let us know what y'all think.